Hey there, dead and lovely listeners. It's the brand newest installment of the podcast that you're listening to right now. It's Dead and Lovely here with the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben. I'm summoned. I'm here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But you're out for vengeance, I assume. Nah, I'm out to have a good time all uh, the time. Okay, yeah. Well, hey, it's me, Hollywood Steve. Uh, you only have to say my name once for me to come. Huh? Say my name, mm-hmm. say my name. That's what she said. Oh, man, there's no music sweeter to a man's ears than the sound of his own voice. That's what they say, isn't it? <laughs> That's what they say. That's what they say, and I'm here to confirm it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. confirmed. Uh-huh. We are here today to be talking about one, Candyman. Yep. Candyman. Right. That's uh, uh, Stephen Candyman, attorneyman at, lo- attorneyman at law. Attorneyman at law. <laughs> <laughs> That's his full name. That's not yeah. even his profession. <laughs> Stephen Candyman, attorneyman at law. <laughs> From 2021, uh-huh. if you want to get straight on to us chuckleheads talking about the movie, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But what are you doing with your goddamn socks and shoes on? Don't you right. want to kick those things off yeah. and hang out with your boys? Don't you want to be somebody? Don't you want to crack open a co-beer and have a good time? Huh. I do. I'm going to do, do that right now. In fact, okay. in fact, it's going to be a cold cider. How about that? I Just don't want to leave you far gooding and drinking alone, so I'm gonna I'm gonna crack one with you here. Let's go ahead and let's crack in unison. Oh, we cracked! Oh, I'm cracking! <laughs> oh, I cracked cracking. first. Ugh. I'm cracking. They yeah. say. Ooh. What I, are you cracking uh, into? I cracked open a Swift Cider, which is a Portland cider company. Uh, Honey Crisp, which is a dry, slightly tart cider. I really like ciders a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got this one because I was trying to theme my drinks to this episode, and everything that had like a B on it was expensive, and mm. I wasn't gonna pay like thirty bucks for a bottle of mead just to drink a little on the show. Well, you know, <laughs> but this says honey, so there you go. That works, right? Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> I've got myself a, I, I again also themed it. I'm trying to copy your style here. I've got a Three Floyds gumball head. I forget, it's Ooh. a little candy adjacent. And uh, uh-huh. this is a wonderful beer. I've had it very many times. It's their American Wheat Pale Ale. It's just kind of a, yeah, a hoppy wheat American Pale Ale. I just kind of said what I just said. You did say yeah. what you just said. It you performs know what? as advertised is what I'm getting across here. <laughs> That's kind of true of everything that anyone's ever said, is that they did say what they just said. They did say what they just said, yeah, didn't they? Uh-huh. Makes you think, doesn't it? Huh. It does. I have a special huh. beer for later that uh, I'm excited about um, Ooh. that does, I think, go very well with the theme. So, okay. I'm excited. This beer is really nice, tasty, light, exactly what I was in the mood for, man. It oh, is yeah. a beer-flavored beer, just a kind of a hoppy lager. Really enjoy yeah. it. This cider, very drinkable, dry, uh, tart. It's like biting into a nice apple. Mm, Ooh, delicious. Damn. Man, I'll tell you, over at Abridged here in Knoxville, Tennessee, they've started doing some ciders over there that oh, are really? like uh-huh. wine barrel-aged ciders yeah. they have like a like a merlot cider and a bunch of okay. other ones and i was really skeptical about these but dude i don't know what is going on they straight up taste like mott's apple juice they're incredible <laughs> amazing not at all like your typical fucking angry orchard you know 
generic oh, ass ciders. No, I, I'm really up here in good. cider land. I, yeah, I, dude. Yeah, I've I've been drinking on some real good ciders for quite a while up here, uh, and I've also I also make apple wine. Uh, and I've made some some really good apple wine with some ginger and and I'll tell you what uh, I, I'm really getting into it because there's so many varietals up here of apples. Mm, yeah, like yeah. It, it's there's so much you can do with it. Um, so I I don't know I I, I think. I I try to drink more ciders now, like because I I didn't have a lot of recommendations at the at the shop where I work for for ciders. Uh, I had a ton for beer, you know, didn't have a lot for ciders, and I started trying these ciders, and man, there's some just amazing ciders out there, just hell yeah, killer, yeah, getting good to you, man, hell yeah. Well, it is good to hear it. It's been a pretty good week here in Tennessee. It has been moderately busy but you know what i think i might just not be as much of a lunatic as i used to be oh yeah maybe not yeah i've been taking it pretty easy it's good shit's getting done but you know what it's getting done in its own time it's fine i'm having a pretty good week that's awesome man i i think i i've uh started trying to embrace that approach of course i'm trying to uh you know we we've just moved and and had uh, a whole lot of upheaval and whatnot uh with me starting full-time job and, and whatnot uh so we've been struggling to get out hell rankers and legacy brutality episodes and stuff but we're working on it it's gonna get out uh i'm just done. trying to been embracing like you know what uh, people understand moving sucks <laughs> it's like it's the worst and it, it's not just a thing you do one day it's it's like forever long for oh, some yeah. reason i'm still in moving mode <laughs> Dude, and I'll tell you, as somebody who has been in the, you know, public eye creative social media making stuff kind of world for a long time and has also suffered absolute psychotic burnout mode as a result of that, right. I can tell you from firsthand experience, whenever you are like pushed to the brink and you absolutely kill yourself to get something done, even though life is absolutely bonkers at that time, and behind the scenes, you're pulling your hair out to get it done, and then you get it out on time or whatever. Yeah. Nobody gives any of a shit more. Nobody nope. cares <laughs> more don't. because you killed yourself to do it. They don't they care. Don't. They don't know. No, they I mean, that, no that's one idea. of those things, dude. Yeah. I, I've had to learn over the years where I've had so many experiences where it's been like, you know, me staying up till four in the morning and like losing a night's sleep because I'm trying to get some shit done. And then it comes out the next morning, too average appeal <laughs> it's like oh yeah <laughs> nobody knows i was right. behind the scenes killing myself to do this it's just how it nope. is no and people are appreciative of it whenever it comes yeah you it's know fucking it's free. like it's free people <laughs> that's true well not hell rankers <laughs> hell rankers is paid for thanks <laughs> fine all right yeah. fine <laughs> but yeah no we, we'll have that out we've actually watched uh critters two and three this week oh yeah so i have four and five left to go you gotta see seen critters any two. Of them, but the og man is it good two is so good like i think hmm. uh, you know like uh, you know if you haven't seen two and you liked one enough watch two i think you'll like it uh three <laughs> but yeah i haven't seen ever seen four or five so i'm interested in these upcoming sequels hmm okay all right yeah. man find out about them hell yeah we also been watching on some other stuff uh including cheech and chong's up in smoke dude never <laughs> seen it 
Never you seen it once. You should see it. It's really funny. It's like I, it like actually holds up. I think so. Yeah, we okay. were having a blast. Uh, I mean, Anna. It was her first time seeing it. She she very oh, much loved it. Gotta take a drink. Yeah, take a drink, y'all. Uh, she she loved it and wants to watch you know some more of their movies. Uh, yeah, I you know obviously there are going to be some things in any seventies comedy that aren't exactly going to hold up. But it's like mm-hmm. I don't know if you can't see past some of that. It's like. What are you doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I was reading up on uh, uh, Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong, and it was like their their whole history together and previous to that is very interesting. Tommy Chong like worked uh, in in music and had like a contract with Barry Gordy at one point. Hmm. Damn. And uh, Cheech was uh, <laughs> fleeing the United States to avoid the draft when he met oh. Tommy Chong doing improv in canada <laughs> no shit i didn't yeah. know that yeah it's awesome like, so rad. And that, Serendipitous. That, up and smoke is just up it, it's got a very punk feel to it like it, it's it is like a, a lot of it's it's a lot of it is just their bits that they had done on their albums before that so it, it is kind of just like bit driven a lot but there's also a, a punk rock uh Battle of the Bands for a five thousand dollars or something. I don't know. What, okay, all right. Is, I'm on board. Yeah, it's fun. It's interesting. I I say get high and watch it. See what you think. Um, but we also watch Ted because people keep talking about the Ted TV show and saying Didn't it's, know that existed. It's, it's good. Yeah, this well, is I, about Ted DiBiase, right? Yeah, the so Ted man. DiBiase. I would love. A show about Ted DiBiase. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, but no, uh, it's it's the teddy bear voiced by uh, Seth MacFarlane, who's just doing his Peter Griffin voice for a yeah, teddy bear. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been uh, so long since I saw that. I remember watching it whenever it came out on DVD. Yeah. And I remember thinking it was pretty funny. Yeah, it's got some good bits. Um but it didn't it didn't hold up heavily for me though i wasn't like mad at it um it, it like it really got kind of boring with the actual story i was like oh i don't really i'm not fully do we have to have this. a story really right do yeah we do we to? have to have a story i've never seen ted too but we are going to watch it because i do want to give the the show a chance if people are enjoying it i do uh enjoy some other stuff seth MacFarlane has done though i, I don't like family guy um, and that's kind of what the humor of Ted is to me is like mm, pretty heavily yeah. fa- family. Yeah. Guys. I, I don't know. Um, we went to the movie theater for the oh. first time in forever. Yeah, totally. But we had to get out and see this cause I, I was very excited for this movie. Lisa Frankenstein. All right. Tell me about it, man. I want to know. It's awesome. It's so yeah. rad. I love Diablo clarity movies and, uh, this one is just so fun. Very seems very influenced by like Tim Burton stuff and like uh, mm. Heather's and things like that. But you know, also standing on its own. Uh, I yeah, I I just very much enjoyed it. Don't want to say too much, but it's set in eighty nine, nineteen eighty nine, and it's so like you know, fun, absurd. And also gruesome horror. <laughs> like, there's oh. some real gruesome shit in there. 
um but it, it's really fun i i very much enjoyed it and recommend it get out there go to the theater watch this hmm. movie it's good all right i've been hearing a lot of hype about it man yeah and then uh also watch candy man 1992 because the movie we're talking about today is supposed to be a direct sequel to candy man 1992 so i wanted to see it as you know it was supposed to be seen i guess uh and man that movie's so, so good. good it it's is so, so good, good man the gore in that movie October, yeah. is insane. Oh, man, it's yeah. so good. Go back and yeah, listen and to our Todd, episode man. about it. Long ago, we covered it. Uh, we did, man. I don't even know what we said about it then. Probably didn't give it even enough uh, <laughs> of uh, its uh, uh, applause because, man, it's just so good. Like watching it. Is it is really good. Yeah. There's just so many uh, great elements to it, and it really feels barkery, feels kind of like. Uh, kind of gross at points, you know. But like They're, romantic, still, you know, yeah, romantic, yeah, yeah. obsessive, disgusting. Yes, it's, it's got I that Clive that. Barker '90s yes. thing about it. Yes, and that—that's exactly the vibe, and and it's it's great, and it works great, and everybody is, oh man, like Virginia Matson, so good and so great. hot, <laughs> and, and Tony Todd is incredible. Tony Todd, man. yes, and uh, yeah, I, I just like. I, I don't know. Watching it and then watching this directly after, it was like, yeah, this is, this is a perfect sequel because it follows up on the ending of uh, the original Candyman with the baby being saved. We now see the grown adult baby. Mm-hmm. The spoiler, if you haven't seen Candyman 2021. Damn it. <laughs> Wait, you haven't seen it? <laughs> what? This is going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's like a great uh, way to experience this film is to see the 92 one before. For anyway, sure, yeah, man. It's it great. is really cool to see just how different and similar the messages of both movies are when you watch them back to back like that. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yes, it's definitely like uh, one is about a white woman kind of trying to, uh, you know, take this black story, this this black myth and use it for her own, you know, gain. She wants to yeah. be uh, this, you know, well-regarded academic. And well, she's like a, a tourist in the black experience. Exactly, is what she is. Yeah. yeah. And in a lot of ways, you could say that about um, Anthony in this at first, that he, you know, he does slowly become connected back to his, his real roots, and right. that you know brings out his in in some ways who he he truly is but uh he initially also, he's living outside the experience initially yeah. he's yeah he's pretty much living outside the experience and that's why his art kind of suffers and stuff because he's he's trying to convey something that will catch white people's attention basically <laughs> rather than trying to convey his own experience uh and yeah yeah I, the, there's a good mirroring i guess we'll wait to talk about all this in the movie portion we have to but come on <laughs> final thoughts let's get yeah. out of here <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good watch it bye <laughs> anyway yeah that's that's what we've been watching what you've been watching on this week? nice man dude we've been on a big old kevin smith kick here we've been watching all through right. a mm-hmm. lot of the classics uh we watched through chasing amy the other okay. day been a yep. long time since i watched that one man yeah. you watched it fairly recently right yeah yeah and, uh, and obviously like you know there's a lot to like about it and whatnot but the, the one thing that kind of was like 
interesting was just how centered Ben Affleck is. Ben Affleck's character is in this story. Yeah, yeah. totally. But like uh-huh. now, the more that I've watched it and the more time goes by, I just kind of wonder, is he supposed to be just an asshole the whole time? Because he is, right? He is he just is. an asshole the whole He's time. He's wrong about yeah. all of it. Everything. You know? like, He's just wrong and terrible. Yep. <laughs> So now it's like, I, I would really like to ask Kevin, like, did you intend it to be that way? I mean, Kevin Kevin has a gay brother. I mean, he's not right. foreign to the gay experience, right. especially in that time period. Uh, I wouldn't think that he would just write this character being like, poor Ben Affleck, right? I would think he'd be writing that like, look I at mean, this guy playing all the cards wrong. I, guess, I would guess like, okay, uh, just being extremely generous, one could say that... Her attraction to this asshole is just uh, an expression of how unavoidable the bisexual experience is. That mm-hmm. she can't, like, she can't stop herself from liking this asshole. And it seems like her past with men had been with a lot of assholes. Yeah. So, like, she she's into women, and she wants like like these like firm, solid relationships with women. But she has this unavoidable attraction to asshole men. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but I think that's being very generous with the reading. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still an enjoyable watch. I got some laughs out of it. And there are yeah, some really good performances absolutely. in there. Yeah. We watched Dogma after that, just oh, keeping the train man. rolling. Yeah. Still great. Yeah. Still a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. like, I think overall it's for Kevin's slow. movies, it's probably, yeah, it is a little bit slow, but uh-huh. I think in terms of like total package, like cast, dialogue, cinematography, right. effects everything it might be his best overall in terms right. of a total package start to finish quality sure kind of thing but yeah it is a little bit slow at times but man it it is still really enjoyable there's a lot to like in that movie for me kept it rolling with jay and silent bob strike back which is my personal favorite of the smith movies uh always just a stupid ass romp it is just a <laughs> yeah it's live great. action yeah, filthy looney tunes cartoon i i love that movie i've seen it more times than i care to admit <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's no blast. it's it's really fun uh, yeah rewatching it recently it was like yep this this is still fun i think like mostly still holds up it's still you know it's what it was it uh was it late 90s or early 2000s that it came out so there's there's going to yeah. be a few words that you don't like to hear. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Other than that, yeah. Still fun. Still a great time. A fun time romp. Yeah. Dude, Jersey Girl is okay. not as bad as everybody acts like it is. Come on, guys. All I, right. I think people just like shit on it because Kevin Smith dared to make a movie that didn't have Jan, Silent Bob, and Snoochie Boochies and all this as the, the focal point of the movie. It mm. is a pretty sweet movie with some good performances and some light heartwarming stuff in it it's not like the greatest I, movie of all time or anything but man people shit on it like kevin well, had a fucking breakdown over it it's not that bad i think what you're forgetting is that it had a bunch of eyes on it that wouldn't normally have been on it because of the j-lo ben thing yep yeah so there were a ton of eyes on the movie that wouldn't get the movie uh, I mm-hmm. I don't remember it very well, but I, I could see how pe- a lot of people would have a reaction to that movie that wouldn't have a reaction to any other Kevin Smith movie because they probably didn't see it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I assure you, it's better than you remember. It, uh, give okay. it another watch sometime. All right, sure. I got nothing else and, to do. <laughs> and then, dude, last weekend, 
even though we got a lot of stuff to do, we just decided on a whim to cut loose and have a wild time and find out if everything that we had been hearing on the web was real. Okay. So what we did is we got ourselves real good and loaded up on some edibles. Uh Uh-huh. And then we went to the theater Uh to watch Madam Web. (laughs) Oh, boy. I had to know. You had to, huh? You I had just couldn't to know. avoid it. Nope. And it was like, well, it just happens to be that Sunday evening was free-ish. Yeah. And we just felt like blowing off some steam. Uh-huh. Dude, this <laughs> fucking it? movie, this fucking great, movie, man. Uh-huh. It is unbelievably bad. It is just incredibly <laughs> fucking terrible, dude. Okay. Like, Honestly, what spawned it is uh, Mark Bernadine, who does the Fat Man on Batman podcast with Kevin Smith. Okay. He put out an Instagram post about it, and he's like, I'm not joking. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. It's worse than Cats. And I was like, wait, wow. what? Worse and he's usually cats. a very kind and gentle guy. Like He doesn't shit uh-huh. on stuff, especially publicly at all. So he said it was worse than Cats. And okay, in terms of stacking it up against Cats... Cats was a horrendous piece of shit. You watched it, right? No. <laughs> oh, my no. God. Dude, get fucking baked and watch it. Just experience it. Please. Uh, Please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll put it to you this way. Uh-huh. I guarantee you won't be bored. Like, Cats is uh, fucking atrocious, yeah. but you'll still be glued to your seat being like, what? Why? What are they? Oh, what? What now? Like, you'll be stuck to the screen because you can't believe what you're seeing. Right. But I, okay. I guarantee you, you won't be bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with Madam Web, oh, man, dude. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you this. I will second something that I saw. Uh, do you know Chris Stuckman on YouTube? I don't. He's got, like, a really big film review channel on there, and I watch his stuff uh, pretty frequently. Um, I'll be honest, it's nothing like mind-blowing, deep insights into movies, fucking Uh amazing shit, but I watch his stuff because I see it as kind of a baseline of movie opinions, because his channel is so popular, and uh, I know a lot of quote-unquote normal people watch his stuff, so sometimes I'll look at his Mm -hmm. stuff just to see, what do you think the general public is thinking about this? And... I will second what he said, and he put it very, very well. He didn't just take a dump all over the movie and talk about what a big piece of shit it was. He talked about how it was just a huge studio failure and what a disgrace it was to see a studio that gave so little of a fuck about a movie. Like, this isn't really the actor's fault. This isn't really even the director's fault in a lot of cases. It is the fault of a studio not giving a single shit about the properties that they own. Wait, you mean the studio that gave us Morbius? Exactly right. I know, shocking, right? The studio that refuses to give up the rights to the Spider-Verse because they still think they have better stories to tell or something? Well, what I the mean, fuck is going on? They, yeah, I... The, they are making some really good animated stuff. Dude, at this point, <laughs> I, I wonder if they are more in the business of trying to generate memes than they are movies. Oh, this yeah. This movie is sure. atrocious. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it is so bad. And the thing that hurts about it... Okay, there's a lot of things that hurt about it. Uh, just how little of a fuck is given about everything on every fucking level, dude. Right. Like the the bad guy in it 
every line of his is ADR, and okay. it's really badly done ADR. Oh, no. Like, not even close to matching up to his lips. It's like Argento-level mm. ADR. Oh, dear. Why? Because they don't give a shit. No, no, they don't. No, but... Why though? Like, why not just try a little, dude? I'm just telling a little. You, I know because it involves giving a fuck. I guess uh, there's there's dialogue in this that you just would not believe is real, man. You would not believe like that is the final line in the movie. Like there's <laughs> there's a part where Dakota uh, it's Dakota Johnson, right? Right. Uh huh. She is scanning through her mother's diary about her time in the Peruvian Amazon and her encounters with the, um, it's like these, these, these like spider people in the jungles. Ah, spider people. Gotcha. Okay, dude, you literally just said the line that she says as she's looking through this diary. Uh-huh. You literally just said it. She's scanning through the diary and she goes, ah, oh, yes, yeah, spider people. How did you know? I, I mean, listen. <laughs> I what else might, would you say, I guess? Uh, let's see. I might have a connection to the Spider-Verse, maybe? Like, <laughs> I'm somehow intertwined with Madam Web? I don't know. Oh, I don't man. Know. Dude, I, I, I really want you to see this movie. Like, I want you to see it. To <laughs> I'm see not going to go to the theaters, but failure. I will watch it. Yeah, You should. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait for you to. It is such a failure on all accounts. And, dude, it really... It makes me so mad. Yeah that this is yet another movie that is going to be a big old piece of shit and do horrible at the box office, and it's going to be echoed by people being like, see, you can't make a good movie about women. Right. It's because it's a woman movie made by a woman about women characters. That's how come it ain't no good. And that's exactly what people are going to fucking say. Yeah. I would imagine that Sony did a whole lot of interfering throughout because they, they do that they had to they, they always had do that. to have <laughs> oh man dude it yeah. is it is just unfathomably bad it is so fucking terrible wow one of the worst movies i have ever seen wow all right <laughs> it really is have you seen the trailers or anything for it no god dude well i'll <laughs> tell you just for anybody listening um, if you watch a trailer, you're going to see all kinds of stuff with Dakota and Sydney Sweeney and the other girls and they're uh-huh. like spider costumes and they're like fat, fighting bad guys and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, none of that stuff actually happens in the movie. What? Uh, that's all. Yeah. That's all. That's all stuff cold from about five minutes of the movie, which uh-huh. is a vision of a possible future. <laughs> that's not in the movie. Like, that's not what? part of the story. Yeah. What? I'm dead serious. <laughs> Why? The give a fuck is non-existent. Non-existent. <laughs> Why not just have them do that? <laughs> I don't know. I you know what people like know. in their superhero movie is for superheroes to be superheroing. Yeah, and wear costumes of you know bad guys, uh, which they don't. They don't at all. Uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's a different. It's a fresh new take on a superhero <laughs> yeah, movie. You could say that <laughs> to not have them do anything of interest. <laughs> I mean, that's just Sony shit, really. Like, I, I don't is, know who yeah. is over there just huffing their own farts out of a bag. Being like, <laughs> we did it again, guys. This is a good movie. I don't know how anyone can be lying to themselves. Anybody else want to huff my farts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, dude. Piece of shit. Hilariously wow. bad. Like, honestly, 
I had a great time being just baked as fuck and going into this movie theater and watching it with like four other people in the theater with Kate. Like we uh-huh. had a really good time because we were just okay. mocking it the entire way through. Well, that's fun. Uh, if I was, you know, uh, totally sober, it probably would have been less fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Damn it. So, yeah, dude. If anybody out there has watched it, uh, let me know your thoughts over on the Facebook group. I would yeah, love please. to talk with people and make sure that I wasn't just that high that I saw some other movie that didn't exist because <laughs> I left it with so many questions of just stuff that happens in the movie that makes zero sense that can only be explained by who gives a fuck. And that's <laughs> how that happened in the movie. I'm serious. Is it dude. movie I, length? Ugh, Fine. Sure. Put Fine. it up there. Oh my god, wow. man! So yeah, let me know if you guys have seen that one. I'd love to talk to somebody else about it. I need, uh, I need to vent. I need community in this time, to- in this trying time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh man, I, I can't believe that I missed that one. But uh, as soon as it comes out to some streaming service, I already have. I'll watch it. You won't believe it. Yeah. You will not believe it, man. Well, the other thing what I watched this week was one Candyman from 20 and 21 Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you what it it had one hell of a sweet feller in it Uh, that's right that's what they say about that candy man he's sweet sweet feller he's one of them feet swellers what you heard about it got me thinking about some other candy people and it had me thinking huh i wonder if i might eat that candy person (laughs) maybe i'd eat him maybe i wouldn't right Candy people. Let's talk about them in the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Now, Steve, I want to throw out some candy people. Okay. And let's talk about whether or let's not we it. might eat them or not. That sounds interesting to me because, you know, there's there are candy people, of course, out there. We all know about them. Just walking mm-hmm. around, being made mm-hmm. out of candy, etc. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you eat them? That's right. I don't know. Let's find out. What about a Sour Patch Kid? Would you eat a yes. Sour Patch Kid? Yes. Without a doubt. Without I would, a too. doubt. I would eat that kid. That I child. I fully, fully support <laughs> super late-term Sour Patch yes. Kid abortions. Me, fully too. Support. And eat their delicious flesh meat. I would eat a Sour Patch Baby. I would yep. eat a Sour mm. Patch Fetus. You know yeah, absolutely. what? Absolutely. I'd what if they just started sour making patch sour patch time. fetuses and they're just little little like clumps of sour patch cells? I'd still eat it. I'd still eat it. I'd be like, delicious. Give it to me. Sour patch fetuses. <laughs> Call us sour patch kids. We got an idea. What if... <laughs> Oh my god. Do you remember that candy that that kids had? I never had it when I was a kid, but like it was just like a it was like a sour goop that was in like a little tub. Do you remember what I'm talking about? It's like candy gel. Oh yeah, I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I never had that. It was always annoying no, kids that had it. it but what if gross. they put that what if they put that out as like sour patch cum? It's just a sour jar patch of, cum. <laughs> just sour Taste and cum that you eat out of a jar. This episode brought to you by Sour (laughs) Patch Cum. (laughs) Unlike protein, this is filled with cum. It says it right there on the package. (laughs) (laughs) Performs as advertised. 
I'm with you. I would chow down on a Sour Patch Kid. No problem at all. Absolutely. Yeah. They God, listen. They deserve it. Walking around being so uh, sour and sweet. Yeah. How dare they? They're mm-hmm. just asking for it. They're asking to be eaten. That's right. Now, what about a feller? What goes all around the big apple? He's mm. romping. He's stomping. Uh-huh. He just got in on shore leave down at the docks in his big old <laughs> sailor costume. That's right. He's a big old fluffy boy. I'm talking about a Stay Puff Marshmallowman. Uh-huh. That's right. Well, I mean, this one's easy for me because I don't really like marshmallows. Yeah, yeah. And the idea that, like, you know, he's he's been walking around New York City. He's probably got all sorts of gunk on him and shit oh that's fair yeah get out of here stay puff marshmallow man now if i could get to his gooey center for just a little bit yes and maybe like you know make like some sort of s'more situation exactly that that's might be, the idea might be okay i'm a, I, I like s'mores enough mm, that maybe i yeah. need that yeah I, I'm kind of right there with you. Like a marshmallow on its own, it really doesn't do anything for me. It's like, oh boy, puffed corn syrup. No yeah, thanks. Not, not for Covered me. in no. cornstarch. No way. <laughs> nah, but not for me. I was thinking about the s'more angle, and if I could maybe just get a big swipe on that big fluffy taint of his, it might be clean. <laughs> it might be clean. He's well. He's walking, uh, which makes me think: Does he sweat? And if he does, is it tasty? Like so, He's would the taint meat be the best? Mm-hmm. Maybe uh-huh. it could be, and I'm thinking all the friction of those thunderous thighs is probably keeping it pretty warm, pretty clean. Oh yeah, uh huh, yeah. If I could just uh, swipe a gram on a, there, a taint meat, a gram yep. of taint meat. <laughs> That's right, and uh, you know, fling it on a, a cracker and some chocolate. Roasted up on maybe a fire from some of the destruction he's caused around the city. I might. I might eat Stay Puff Marshmallow Man's taint. I might. I, listen, I'm with you. Hey, man, let me get a gram of taint meat. All right. How about it? Just How a about gram it? of taint meat. Just a gram. Just a gram. Mm-hmm. It's not that much. He's huge. Yeah, he's not even going to notice. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's talk about a candy man. What do you know about one Bill Wonka? Ah, yes. William Wonka. William, son AKA of a dentist. Bill Wonka. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Old Bill Child Wonka. killer. Child killer Bill Wonka, yeah. They call him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how sweet he is. <laughs> He's not very. I can't imagine. So, I mean, I guess eating him, though, would like end his reign of terror. So you got to feel a little bit heroic there. That's the only plus I can really think yeah. about. Like, if yeah. I did eat him, he couldn't kill more children but now that i'm thinking about it the children that he killed they're pretty bad anyway yeah, well are they one of them chewed gum ew yeah. <laughs> another one liked to watch tv exactly <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> i'm with him you know listen frankly i'm with him his his list of fucking uh absolute hates is just a <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, he is a man of absolutes. You are yeah. correct there. Yeah, he <laughs> might need to be eaten for the good of the children. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, for the good of the children, I'm going to eat Willy Wonka. But like, 
I, you know, he's not candy, so I'm going to have to like barbecue him or something, you know, sure, maybe sure. pig roast style, bury him yeah. underground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But ultimately it's not about us. It's about, yeah, it's a joyless experience. Uh, yeah. no matter how delicious he may taste. That's fair. Yeah. Are you going to chow down on a fruit striped zebra? What do you think? <laughs> I think it's unethical to eat zebra meat, isn't it? Why? Well, I don't think they're endangered or anything. I think eating a zebra <laughs> is just fine, honestly. <laughs> you can quote that. Somebody makes that a soundbite. I yeah. think eating zebras just fine. <laughs> it quote. is. Always do. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Z- fruit striped zebra meat, it's got like, what, half a second worth of flavor to it? Dude, you're getting like two bites out of a zebra steak and then yeah. you're like now it's flavorless it's yeah now. Ugh, yeah i just ugh. it's not worth it like it's really not yeah no and i just i you know what what do i at the end of the day i, I get to tell people i ate a zebra like i you know you're right that it sounds unethical i don't but, know you know what it is about it, it just sounds wrong so yeah. mm. I don't know. I don't want to do it. I don't know, man. Can you believe when they recently discontinued Fruit Stripe Gum, people had the nerve to act like they were upset? Like, that is what a bitch nostalgia is. People were (laughs) upset that they discontinued the worst gum after it has been the worst gum for my entire life and beyond. Yeah, they were only very briefly upset, though. So, it worked out. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. It was like five seconds, and they're like, eh. What what was I talking about? Yeah, and they move on. Yeah, man, I'll tell you a real fucking glitch in the fucking coding of the Matrix. What's that? We got all these gums where they figured out how to make like like Orbit gum or Five gums. Like they uh-huh. never lose their flavor ever. Okay, it's like you you can have peppermint flavor, cinnamon flavor, whatever all sure. day. They never lose it. I don't know how, but like they've not figured out a way to make juicy fruit type flavor last a long time that's uncrackable well i mean there's got to be interest you know there's got to be like a scientist out there like oh my favorite chewing gum is juicy fruit it just doesn't last long enough <laughs> hey i'm the, i'm here saying this is a problem right now i am the voice okay i am the writing on the wall someone like you has not gone into science <laughs> That's the problem, right? Yeah. yeah. You might be right. We need representation in science. People who like juicy fruit. <laughs> yeah, I need my voice to be heard. <laughs> now, here's a deep cut for you. Ready for this? Let's hear see it. If you can, see if you can finish the lyric. If you're a child of the 80s or 90s, sing along in your vehicle. Okay. Gummy bears. Bouncing here and there and everywhere. Oh, I knew you'd know it. I knew yeah. you'd know it. Gummy bears, dude. Yeah. I don't remember um, at all any episodes of the show, but I do remember the theme song. I liked that show, but I can also say I don't remember a single yeah. episode of it. Nothing. Yeah. Not at all, yeah. man. But, but they, a gummy they ate, bear? They ate gummy berries, and when they ate them, they could bounce. Man, they yeah. would just let anybody on drugs make up a kid's show back in the day. What yeah, if there were bears rad. that bounced? Yeah, you're gummy that's bears. awesome. <laughs> that is Stoner Thoughts 101, right? Yeah. Gummy bears, bears could jump. Oh. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Let's make <yeah>. a show. <laughs> Sounds great. He's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> you got a chow down on a gummy bear? Um, 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there are better gummy bears out there. There are some real I'm uninterested gummy bears out there. But if we're talking about a Haribo, eh, yeah, Ooh, man. yeah, I'm going to eat that. Ooh. I'm going to eat that gummy bear. I'm Give me that. Mm-hmm. That's what mm. I'd say. Uh-huh. A Haribo gummy bear is a good thing, as well as some of these, like, gourmet ass ones that you find at like a trader joe and stuff sure oh yeah they got good flavor rage. to them and they're not Oof. like they're not like breaking your jaw trying to eat them i need yeah. them to be kind of softer you know but not too soft mm, so good now here's my problem with a gummy bear if i was going to chow down on a gummy bear uh-huh depending on the season i might pass because here's the thing okay whenever bears go into a hibernation they right. emerge out of that cave just chock full of parasites. They are full Ooh, of okay. parasites. That's why they say don't eat bear meat even if you're out there starving in the woods or, or some shit because they are oftentimes chock full of parasites. So those yeah. gummy bears, they might just be loaded with things that are just going to live on inside of me after I consume the flesh. You know what it is they just don't really talk about is that bears, they're all scat freaks. All yeah. of them. They love, yeah. they eat shit, they roll around in it, they jerk off with it. That's just bears, you know? It's not cuddly. It's no. not cuddly at all. And gummy bears do that, too. All gummy bears. Every gummy bear you've ever eaten, it's probably eating shit. Man, Sorry. It'd be so rad <laughs> if somebody out there, if like a. If like a, a chubby male gay couple started a weed edible company called Gummy Bears, God damn, that'd be good. Oh, okay, Fuck, listen, good. okay, call call us because we own that idea. We, we just own said that it. idea now. Yeah, Trademark. so if you're a chubby uh, gay couple that wants to start selling gummy edibles, you know, fifty percent, ten percent at least. To- 50%. Oh, oh yeah, yeah 50%. <laughs> what? You got to start high. You got to start high. Fifty percent. <laughs> goes to dead and lovely for coming up with gummy bears. We'll probably settle on 10% eventually, but we'll start yeah. at 50. Yeah. Well, because they're going to be huge. I mean. Yeah. Listen, those. Th- listen, I don't know why they're going to be huge, but yeah, they're going to be like seven foot three, 400 pound dudes. So <laughs> Already huge. Yeah. We're not going to want to fuck around. <laughs> we're going to be like, yeah, we'll take 10. Sure. Well, let's pivot off a of fucking round here. Let me okay. ask you this, Steve. You gonna eat the green M&M? Uh, before she got woked. Oh, man. Before woke I'll tell you came what. along. Took, took her away, away from our her. sexy green M&M. I would have eaten her when I wanted to fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, man. <laughs> like, I feel like that's something Ted Bundy said one time, right? <laughs> like, Oh, oh! Now I feel really bad about this. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna eat the green M and M. I love M and M's. Like, yeah, absolutely. What is the green M and M now? What I know, it's not, no longer. You know, I think she's sexy. still lady, but she's just less hot now. Just less hot. Well, I mean, I listen, think so. If she's got a good personality, like I'm down. So yeah. But again, we're talking about eating, which is a different story. That's true. To sex. Mm. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, green M&M gets a vote for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely going to eat the green M&M. <laughs> <laughs> Peppermint Patty. Hmm? Uh, uh, hmm? The child from Charlie Brown? 
No, I, earlier I said I would eat a child, but I don't know that this particular child is edible. Is she made of peppermint, really? I don't know. I, I, know, I doubt. Even so, it's like just straight Still. peppermint? Like, I'm not that interested. That's fair. Yeah. 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 So, no, I don't think so. So our our vote is would not eat a child if peppermint flavored. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. One hundred percent. If it's if it's a sour, like a sweet sour child. Yeah. I'm gonna eat that baby. <laughs> sure. But the peppermint one, whatever. I'll just go brush my teeth and get it out yeah, of my system. Come yeah. Yeah. Really. Now, if it's a chocolate covered peppermint baby, somehow. Oh, that might be different. <laughs> yeah. But if it's chocolate covered peppermint patty, she's like, I just yeah. fell in this chocolate puddle. Yeah, oh no. There you go. <laughs> at that point it's like well we gotta eat this kid <laughs> oh my god <laughs> why do we do this why do we I don't know. these conversations <laughs> alright let's close it off with a classic you ready okay <laughs> you gotta fucking chaw the gumdrop buttons off of a gingerbread man oh god no not, not no no gumdrop buttons he can keep those. I would eat the rest of him, but I'd t- take off the gumdrop buttons. Yeah, that's yeah. so gross, dude. Yeah. Like, I think that the super decorated, iced up gingerbread creations of yeah, yesteryear. Yeah, I'm, not, just, I'm not a fan of that. It reeked of a time when sugar was such a scarcity that consuming <laughs> right. it in any form, however illogical it might right. be, it was just such a novelty that kids right. would lose their minds for it because it's just fucking sugar and they don't really give a shit. But like, right. man, if I'm having a gingerbread scenario, I want it to be that damn that damn seasonal Christmas Pepperidge Farm ginger men rig. Okay, God, damn, those are so good. You ever had those? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, Damn, I like crunchy. just a, a nice traditional gingerbread man with some like icing design on it. You know, mm, not no mm. like added anything. I just want no. icing on gingerbread. I don't want it. Nothing. No, no like cinnamon uh, drops or whatever the hell yeah. you're putting on there. I don't want it. That's the dude. Doesn't One of the most it. abominable creations to me is anytime they combine chocolate with gingerbread. Like, go to fucking hell. Uh, I mean, ginger and chocolate can go together. Gingerbread and chocolate? No, I'm not. Hard pass. I'm not, I'm not into that, yeah. That's a big no. Now, let me ask you this. If he's a big, soft, puffy, chewy gingerbread man, uh huh. Oh, are then, you still going yeah. after him? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm into that, too. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, there's room in my heart for both. I love ginger. Uh, and I love that like spice that's in a gingerbread man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I really love a ginger cookie. Just yeah. so anything Same. of that sort. Yeah, I'm down. I'm not. I'm not gonna get mad if it's puffy or if it's crisp. I think I must be a real size queen when it comes to my ginger man. Is that right? I want them. I want them thin and crispy, man. Oh wait, you're a size queen on the opposite. Right? You want it to in be the opposite smaller. direction. Yeah, right. I'm picky you... about size. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sizest with my ginger. I think man. they call that a size princess. <laughs> Is that the deal? Yeah, when you're picky That's about me. sizes, but you prefer it to be smaller, maybe pea-sized, so <laughs> so that when it's under a mattress, you can still huh. feel it somehow. Okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, here I am learning about myself, right, in the preview palace. Yep. Yeah, I think I think the overall vote is yes, we would eat some candy people. Absolutely. Don't come around here, candy people. You might get it. <laughs> yeah, you might get add up. Could be. 
Yep. Let us know about candy people you would or would not eat over on our Facebook group, I guess. Yeah, I please. I want to hear about I'd that. I'd love to hear that, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Mr. Peanut, would you eat him? Who knows? Oh, hell yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Eat the rich, man. He's got that fucking top hat and carrying yeah. on. He's just showing his wealth. Yeah, and he's reincarnated, remember? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> he what died a weird moment time. in history that was. <laughs> he, he died at the Super Bowl. It was wild. What were they doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did you watch the Superb Owl, by the way? Oh, of course I did. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it was it was a great game. I had a good time. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Yep. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I was just like, why the fuck are people talking about Taylor Swift? Who cares? Oh, yeah. Well, people are always talking about Taylor Swift. So. <laughs> they tend to do that. Yeah. It's not, not like anything changed because of the Super Bowl. Yeah, people oh. were overblowing. She was on screen for what? Like, was she on the field? Minute. Was she throwing the ball? Who gives yeah, a shit? No, yeah, she was the backup quarterback. She came in for a few snaps. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> how was the halftime show? Oh, I didn't watch that shit. I, I, I didn't watch a fucking like we had it muted so i didn't have to hear the commercials and then turned away and watched something else during the halftime because that's the the commercials and the halftime show are the worst part the worst part wow holy the worst part moly. of the super bowl you must like sports or something yeah <laughs> okay well there yeah. you go man well i'll tell you what we are here today to be talking about one candyman from 20 and 21 dude i remember clearly the first time we watched this movie in the theater with a whole Uh, bunch of dead and lovelies live in the flesh um after our was that our first meetup i think it was the first one uh well it wasn't technically the first we'd had like a couple before that we had the one where uh rdm had a fun altercation that's Uh, true And then we had a little bit smaller one, and then we had that one, which was was a blast, a big, like the big, first big old event. Yeah, following the the uh, twenty twenty COVID just lockdown of the country, mm-hmm. I That's think right. that was one of the first times I had really gotten out and done anything. Honestly, Word, at that point, and that was uh, we went and saw this movie, which was a blast. Good um, time. Yeah, we did a minisode too. I forgot we had done a minisode on. Uh huh. We did a minisode back in the day on this, and I'm like so happy we got back to it. I I had thought you know we'll we'll do you know the two and three and then get to the 2021 one, but it's like this is a direct sequel to the first one. Yeah. Um, we're kind of going in order. I really would like to talk. I mean, I would like to talk about two and three. I think. Farewell to the Flesh is really worth talking about. Uh, but this one is awesome. Like, it's a much better film than those other two. <laughs> so much more worth talking about. Man, it's really good. This is only the second time that I have watched it. Have you watched it between then and now? No, I hadn't seen it between then and now. And yeah, yeah I watched it uh, three times for this, uh, including watching. I watched him three times. You did? Okay. style. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, you I did too? Three All times. right. No, I did not. <laughs> watched them two times, actually. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, I um, I really enjoyed it each time I watched it and just caught more and more each time. So, man, this is, this is a, a good one. It's a really visually beautiful, well-shot movie, well-acted, like the story, like the kills, uh, 
love all messaging. the stuff that's going on and like the mirrors and stuff like it oh, yeah. keeps you like really paying attention to the screen just yeah a blast it really is and this is one that was kind of a high stakes event because the original is beloved by so many people including right. us and well, then and we've been burnt so many times right. by these shitty remakes or requels and this yeah, is this is a, a sequel so it would be yeah. a requel i guess though i don't think it's ignoring two and three i think it's just seeing those as like supplemental information about the tony todd candy man yeah uh, but this is you know expanding it to in fact candy man is this uh monster brought to life by the reality of the black experience and what this really establishes too is that Candyman is not a figure, a singular figure, no, but it, a it mantle. Is, yeah, it is a a, a, a haunting uh, presence. Uh, it's that a generational is, trauma. Yeah, it is constantly a part of the black experience, and that uh, you know, it, it's it's every uh, black person who's killed by white supremacy, who's killed by the police, who's killed by you know uh lynch mobs and things like that and it's you know it's a constant it's it's trayvon it's michael brown it's uh you know george floyd it's so many right. people uh constantly that that's what this movie is getting at that that the can yeah. candy man experience of of being wronged by white people is not exclusive to this one individual exactly but this this um, idea of this this haunting presence that represents those things, and man, I, I think that that's a great way to blow out the universe and make it, it so that it's not so focused on this one individual story, but really gets to the whole black experience. Right, which is definitely something that had to be on the minds of the of the writing crew, uh, production crew, director, all this, when yeah. they were making this movie, is because yeah. it is not like the story of, yeah, Tony Todd's Candyman, this right. one guy that got brutally murdered for daring to fall in love with a white woman. Yeah, Daniel it's not uh-huh. Yeah, it's not as if that is a unique story in the grand scheme of no, American history. No, unfortunately, yeah, and... Yeah, it's uh, you're you know, we're talking about the writing team of Jordan Peele and Wynn Rosenfeld, who works at Monkey Paw Productions. I believe is the head of of Monkey Paw Production, Jordan Peele's production company, and Nia DaCosta, who is also the director. Um, and so you you, you have two uh, black people uh, writing about their experience and, and also trying to to cover the the whole black experience the whole black american experience and the way that like it remains universal but also tries to show how it affects literally every black person at all levels of like income and society and things like this because our main characters uh while they live in cabrini green they live in a very gentrified cabrini green yeah. Uh, and they are upper middle class and they still are not, um, you know, immune to the black experience, which of course, yeah. uh, coming from writer Jordan Peele, 
is not a surprising thing to learn, right? Because we have a man here who's so highly respected, um, supposedly among the white community, but just as we have, you know, said in here by uh, our our primary villain, villain William Burke, that uh, they they love the things we make, but they don't love us. Like, I really love that line. Right. That's a really really powerful line. Right. So, like, I I think you know what we're getting here is that like, uh, you know, we have an artist. Our our primary story is we have an artist who's trying to uh, convey the black experience, but he also is not connected to his own experience. And through trying to like uncover more about Candyman, he uncovers more about himself, which actually makes him a much better artist. Unfortunately, also makes him uh, wildly emotional and abusive and then is is killing him <laughs> so yeah. like uh it's it's an interesting thing where it's like when an artist digs down to the depths to their core to the darkness within them yeah they may create some really great art but also like at what cost you know mm-hmm. like how mm-hmm. much does it end up hurting in the long run uh, yeah, I, well, that's I th- something that I really like about the way this mirrors and contradicts the original movie in yeah, a lot in of ways, ways. Where yeah. mm-hmm. we do have uh, Virginia Madsen, like you said earlier, where she is this, you know, upper class white woman that is going through Caprini Green, right, as if she is a a, a tourist, um, right, trying to learn about the the black experience, and she's so hyper focused. And this yeah. this movie kind of opens up how hyper focused she was. That, like, she's only interested in Daniel Robitaille's story. She's not hearing about all the other stories of the other Candymen. Um, you know, uh, you know. Uh, I guess one of the main stories we see in this is Sherman Fields in the 70s. Uh, something that, of course, she wouldn't really hear about because her first, her first kind of, uh, I guess, lore keeper is uh, young. Right, so they might not know about the Sherman Fields Candyman, but they know about Candyman as an idea, and she yeah. gets so hyper focused on the Daniel Robitaille Candyman, uh, but she's she's not trying to get the full experience. She's really more trying to get a story. Uh, yeah, she wants a story so that she can get um, you know some some recognition in the academic community for her work, not for the you know people the the people in cabrini green and the black experience in cabrini green they're just a product yeah yeah you know yeah just a subject for her story really right and anthony does the same at first yeah yeah he's like going around taking photos like he is also kind of just touring this area like as if it was a field trip or something right and he he's taking you know this community story and and making it his own and and kind of like you know like when he starts to paint this story of sherman fields being you know beaten to death by the police he's not it's not with a heavy heart he's not he's not seeing it as like this dark experience he's he's got a smile on his face because he has something to paint about it's yeah. not it's not about like fully understanding the material. It's about 
being able to say, well, this is the black experience and I'm black, you know, like he's not connecting to his own personal experience through his art, but mm-hmm. he accidentally is. And that's like, I love that turn where he starts on this very like, like uh, shallow kind of voyeuristic. Level. Yeah. Yeah. Voyeuristic where he is trying to get the thing that basically that these, you know, upper middle class white people are going to buy as his experience yeah, but yeah he's trying to make a product out yeah, of it, yeah. And, and and then being driven to have to like dive further into it leads him to actually discover that he is connected to it and in fact it is his story and yeah. then it, he becomes Candyman. right yeah yeah because he he is connected to that generational trauma that because, so many people yeah. share he and because he is the baby from Candyman 1992, he is That's a the cool baby connection. that was saved from the fire by Helen, and yeah, and, and that he has that connection to Candyman already, and Candyman wants him. He wants to take him, and and we're shown here that like Candyman is trying to keep his story alive, and also that William Burke. Uh, is is trying to keep Candyman's story alive by doing this, by bringing uh, black men in to this and, and like convincing them of this story and convincing them to allow uh, this to happen. And it's interesting because like Anthony Anthony throughout is obviously searching for a sense of identity and he'll seemingly take that wherever it comes and Mm -hmm. he finds it in Candyman, which is so unfortunate because like he has talent and he 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 could make something of this yeah i mean we see the uh portraits he's doing there that he's like so, uh, so afraid of uh brianna seeing yeah that dude. stuff is Ooh, really man. good it's brutal i really wish i would have looked up who did the art because it's oh legit man incredible. yeah there were i know there were two artists that were responsible for his art but like uh because they wanted to kind of show the his his progression you know totally. so one artist yeah because his the, early art looks way different than the latest yeah stuff. absolutely yeah so like he that stuff is really good but it's like he's so hyper driven to connect to the candy man like he won't he gets like stung by that bee but he never seeks any sort of medical treatment Mm -mm, it's like it's like he feels like it's 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 connecting him to the candy man in some way to that legend but it's like it's almost like again like he is trying to take on someone else's experience because he was stung one time he feels this connection to candy man who was stung a ton of times like yeah. all over his body yeah uh, and he still he still doesn't get it he still doesn't realize it it's not until he learns that he was the baby in the fire and stuff and he does have this full-on connection to this absolute traumatic experience uh that that he really is able to kind of open up but the thing he opens up to is being candy man yeah man it's cool too to see how Similarly, you know, Helen in the original also became obsessed with the Candyman lore 
to the point where at the end she becomes a candy person of sorts as well. Like yeah, their stories kind of mirror each other in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, mirror. absolutely. There's tons of fucking mirrors in this movie too. It's kind yeah. of telling you on Front Street and man, like kind of going deeper into those reversals that I'm talking about, those kind of opposites that are still sort of similar. One thing that I really loved about this movie is during those opening credits, when you get that camera that's looking up at those high-rise skyscrapers that are descending into that into that mist, into that fog. Oh yeah, uh, the yeah, because the the uh, the Candyman ninety two yes. has the the right side Overhead. up buildings, and then exactly. this shows them upside down. I, yeah, that yeah, that mirroring dude. is great. It's so cool. Yeah, it's like the original has you with that top-down God's eye view, and this is street-level view floating along the streets showing you the same city. I love that difference. It's such a cool way to set the movie up. Well, it's upside down. Exactly, yes. Yeah. But yes, from the street level, yeah, it's yeah, you're right. Like it's mirrored in two ways, is what I'm saying. Like it's all even it's, the intro titles are mirrored. Yeah. That's a cool touch yeah. too. I love that. Yeah, it, it's it's all very interesting. Like the the use of mirrors and the use of mirroring in the story of like the the way that like I guess they're it, it, trying to show that like in some ways like all these Candyman events are mirrors of each other you know like they're all the same in, in some ways like no no matter what the the slight differences in the story are they they're so reflective of each other it, it's all an you know a white supremacist institutional uh constant occurrence uh, and so you you know you get that scene with him in the elevator and he's just surrounded by these you know shiny, mirror walls and it's just this like infinite mirroring throughout love that scene uh, yeah it's great and, and i think that's kind of like the point of of like what they're getting at with Candyman as as an idea of just like and, and in another way they they show it as like a hive mind because they show there's like various candy people that that we've had throughout history you have like they show us helen they show us uh like the the like 10 year old kid who i guess is is supposed to be uh reflective of emmett till in some ways yeah and 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 others um but like all of those represent this kind of like hive mind and and daniel robitaille is the original and he's he's at the center he is he is the controller of the yeah, yeah yeah he controls the hive and i i think like that that infinite mirroring in that scene kind of shows just like this this idea of like this hive mind of like they're they're all connected it's it's infinite they all are the same though like they're all so they're all so imitative of one another their stories mm-hmm. are all so similar and i man yeah I, I i just love it i i think the visuals throughout this that nia da costa just shot such an interesting beautiful picture dude absolutely so this movie looks fucking incredible and yep. i think it's so great well it, it's great that they did it but at the same time they definitely could have done it earlier, but I was going to say it's so great that they finally let a 
a, a black team take control of the Candyman franchise. This is the first time a right. black director yeah. has done a Candyman movie. Right. What? Yeah. What? Well, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's just indicative of how the landscape of Hollywood is, is fortunately changing. You know, um, it's true, and there are yeah. there are echoes of that change even in this movie. You yeah. know, I mean, the last time that we saw Caprini Green was, you know, brutal, really rough, really scary, and this time the movie opens up with this gay couple, mixed race gay couple, walking in the streets together, nothing to fear, no big right. deal. Because like it shows us there's some change. That's good. Sure, that's the good yeah. side of gentrification. Oh yeah, yeah. Though I mean, it's it's also yes, it, it's supposed to be indicative in, in some ways, and, and and also like there are showing like I mean, we're not supposed to see Tiana Paris uh, uh, as um, bad. Uh, Tiana Paris is, is is she has worked her way to where she is, right? Yeah. Um, but also they have moved into this gentrified apartment building like they're called out for that and it's kind of yep. like you know it, it just zooms over but it's also like you know they they're talking about gentrification and the evils of it but also benefiting from it well let's let's be honest here i mean any of us that are non-natives living in america if we have a home here if we have somewhere to live here we are here because of someone else's loss like yeah, we are all yeah. sitting on top of tragedy. This is yeah. America, dude. Like if yeah. you're not a native, you are not from here. Yeah, it's absolutely like in like really showing It's inherent a, a to the American experience. Systemic issue. Yeah, it, it's it's a systemic issue overall in that uh it, it's what I, I guess what I would say about that conversation that's very interesting is that people will talk about gentrification and the evils of it while also benefiting from it and not yeah. really see like that everyone's in the same boat. It, it's the system. That's the issue. Like mm -hmm. individuals can't fix the system, but also it, it sucks <laughs> that the system continually does this and it's constantly pushing people out and moving people and destroying uh communities um but yeah i mean you're right it, it does open with this gay couple who's safely walking in, in the city which is just uh, also you know a uh, change in city culture over time totally yeah it's a good change that is a very that is a very positive change sure yeah uh and and i think yeah, I, I think though that uh, what we we do see is is that <laughs> the the change is not beneficial to the community that was there before. They've yes. been scattered. William to is the left winds. behind. William's the only one left behind, and and he is so traumatized by the things he's experienced with both. He can't uh, move on. You know, uh, hearing the the death of. Um, Sherman and and also seeing his uh, sister or babysitter who had been killed by Candyman, like he's traumatized. But it, the movie gives us a, a good mirror there with um, uh, Brianna, who is also traumatized. It gives us a flashback of her seeing her father's suicide. She also yeah. walks in 
and, and sees you know her her former uh boss or employer or whatever dead and and his his girlfriend dead like she is traumatized but she doesn't allow that trauma to turn her into him you know? i feel like that's that's an interesting thing that they do deal with in the movie is that william is so as he said traumatized by the things that that he saw and his candy man that the only thing he knows how to do is to perpetuate it the only thing he knows right. how to do is to make another candy man right like right he's, right he's so continue the story up. yeah yeah like he he is so fucked up that all he knows how to do is to create more victims. Right. Like, that was always a line yeah. from the original Candyman that really be stood out victim. to me. That was so yeah. weird. Yeah, be mm. my victim. Like, that's so fucked up and strange. And, you know, he is creating black victims out of his right. own trauma that he's experienced. Yeah. Whereas Brianna is essentially uh, uh, weaponizing it in a way. She's using it right. as a protective thing at the end whenever she is held by those cops and the cops are just like, yeah, we're going to make you say whatever. And she's like, right. let me look in that review mirror right. and summons Candyman, and he fucks <laughs> them up. Let me talk to my dude Candyman for a second. We'll That's get such a cool out. reversal. It's just yeah. like, man, she looks in that review mirror, and you're like, oh, shit, I know what's going to happen. It's so good. Yeah, but the ending's still, you know, there's still the worry at the ending. Oh, like, definitely, yeah. She's not getting away with it. Um getting away with anything I mean, unfortunately she didn't do anything <laughs> like it's just all the death around her is going to be pinned on her uh it it's yeah it's a it's a very sad ending i feel like yeah i don't uh, feel like it's a happy ending at all no. i don't think she got away from that no and i yeah it's i i do wonder if they're going to make a sequel because there's definitely like material there, though there's not a necessity. Uh, it it would be interesting. I would be interesting interested to see if that story continued and, and what what like because you know if she goes to prison, couldn't she use Candyman? <laughs> like you know, like, could be. You know, I don't know. Or maybe. Yeah, I feel like there is yeah. more to chew on with the sure. story and the way yeah. that they have adapted it and modernized it and not just retold the same story exactly i feel like this right. is one of the smarter ways to pick up you know a thread from a story that came out 30 years ago and right. continue it in a really intelligent modernized way yeah and i i think it's interesting because like uh there were the two sequels um and then uh bernard rose wanted to make a prequel film Ooh. back in the early 2000s that would have been about Candyman and helen and that was rejected by the studio and then later the studio because they saw freddy versus jason was a success so they decided they wanted to do Candyman versus leprechaun which That's incredibly stupid i yeah th those the two vibes don't go together at all no, but no. I, freddie and jason <laughs> yes those vibes work with each other these are not no you know this is not a you got your peanut butter in my chocolate scenario right That's not but good. i would entirely watch that movie <laughs> still would sure yeah. yeah of course yeah but tony todd was in no way interested in me in that movie good. uh and yeah so there was like some potential of a movie going forward with Clive Barker's involvement in the mid 2000s 
uh, it never really came together. And then finally, uh, in 2018, Jordan Peele it announced that he was producing a remake. And at first he was going to be directing it. And I w- listened to an interview with him talking about it. And he, he just said that, like, uh, it, you know, it wasn't his film to make. And that if he had made it, it would not have turned out as good as Nia DaCosta's version. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, I, I can, love Jordan Peele, yeah. but I cannot complain about the direction no. here whatsoever. She and I killed can see- it what he's saying like he he's a guy who who you know i love his movies i every single one of them i'm nope is is seriously just like one of those movies i can turn on any time i love so it good. to death yep. but he needs to be unrestrained and making a Candyman movie is restrained like he'd have to be settled on a story very in the vein of the first one and all sorts of stuff like i I just don't when you sign up to be in a franchise movie there are rules you have to play by yeah and i i feel like he is a director who wants to make his own vision yeah of things i respect uh and this like it's also a great opportunity right as a producer to give an opportunity to another director an up-and-coming director so giving this opportunity to nia DaCosta to show just how good she is in a main stage a candy man remake that's huge so i i think like he made the exact right choice like to not not like put his stamp on it and have people like you know uh, comparing it to get out and comparing it to everything else and whatnot when the movie needs to stand on its own uh and you get a director who just man it's a beautiful picture. She, shot she understood this. the the fucking project. <laughs> yes. She understood the assignment, and dude. Killed it. Yeah. It looks so good, dude. The lighting, yeah. the camera work. I cannot complain about a single thing about the, no. the the way this movie works aesthetically. I think it is a beautiful, intelligently shot movie. Like there's there's camera moves that are like, whoa, I would have never thought about that. Right. But it's not like distracting, like weird, stupid, like why did they do it that way kind of right. stuff. Well, the I, I you know, the the scene where the art critic is being killed and yeah. the the shot is from across the street on top of another building and it just slowly zooms out. So and weird. it's so perfectly in focus throughout and so beautiful and like i love it like uh, it's it's amazing really love that shot it is man and and i love too how this movie trains you to watch the background like anytime there is a reflective surface you should be looking at it yeah (laughs) yeah you're gonna see that tan colored coat yeah somewhere in the mirror at some point if there's something shiny in the scene and again that's all dealing with those reflections those mirrors which i feel like are really begging the the viewer to you know look in the mirror so to speak look into you know the 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 past of this country that we all live in um if you're going to look at it very overtly but man i love how the movie keeps your eyes scanning the frame at all times because you're like he might be here he's not even like killing people every time that he's there sometimes he's just there yeah uh just in reflection somewhere it's so cool ben i gotta open this other beer i got because i think it's kind of perfect uh i was i was searching for anything kind of related to candy 
And we had this Prairie Artisan Ale Rhinestone Rancher, which is a sour ale with green apple syrup, FDNC Blue One, and FDNC <laughs> Yellow Number Five. That's right. It's a Jolly Rancher, a green apple Jolly Rancher. Oh my God. I love that they advertise the artificial colorants yeah. that are being used. They oh want man. you to know they're there. I'm pouring it out and it's perfectly colored. Yeah. Oh my God. It is so vibrantly Jolly Rancher green. Oh, man. oh, it's awesome. And it's the sour apple, which is like the best Jolly Rancher. Oh, it's yeah. With watermelon. Absolutely. I love that watermelon Jolly you love Rancher. What? I, listen, I, I, I'm a fan of them all, even lemon, but I think sour apple is my favorite. Oh, man. I can't wait for you to find out about that because Prairie makes stuff that fucks. Their beers are oh, so good. dude. <laughs> How good is it? Is it stupid? It's so good. It tastes like an apple Jolly Rancher. It's so oh, good. Man. Oh, dude, it's going to dye your tongue green it. and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's actually light, too, though. Like, the flavor is very strong, but the the beer is light. How sweet is it, though? You know, it's not overly sweet. It, it hmm. really isn't. There's a, there's a sweetness to it because of the syrup, but I think it's counterbalanced by the sour. It just kind of works out. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's not too sweet at all. What's that ABV looking like? I believe it's four point something. Oh, is this a light point eight? Yeah, so it's light, not too heavy. Mm. But yeah, man, this tastes exactly like a green apple Jolly Rancher. Oh, I want to have that. I bet that's amazing. I got to see if I can find that anywhere. Absolutely. Look for it. Wow. Well, that's that's perfect, man. That's uh, some sweets for the sweet, huh? Uh huh. Yeah. That's right. I was looking for anything candy related nice. because I, again, I wasn't gonna buy a bottle of mead. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, what do you think about the the visual effects in this? We were talking about the aesthetic oh, of the man. movie. How do you feel about the visual effects? We got some good gore going the on. The gore in here. is great. The gore yeah. is great. The, uh, I saw some people complaining that too much stuff was off screen, but I thought that it was very tastefully no. done. Like I knew yeah. what was happening. I didn't need to see it full on and gruesome. Like I mean, honestly, like the the, the art critic kill you were just talking about, where it's that weird yeah. pan out. Yeah, that's cooler than it. anything uh-huh. that would have been in the room with her getting killed right then and there and what i mean like with the 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 gallery uh, owner's girlfriend or whatever that was Ooh, brutal man, as shit. Jenica or whatever right. god when her throat is cut and she's just laying there gurgling uh-huh ooh. you know you just mentioned her name it's Jen- jenica or J- janica or whatever i think so yeah listen and, and you uh, you and i already t- talked about this so i know i'm not blowing your mind with this but that name, as soon as I heard it, I was like, Jurgis? Midnight Meat Train? Like, oh. her name is basically Jurgis. I hadn't thought about that. And there yeah. are, like, some, some Midnight Meat yeah, Train we got, similarities here. Yeah, there are a lot. <laughs> In fact, like, this, it's, it's clear that they were like, what other Clive Barker thing could we kind of throw in here? And they were like, Midnight Meat Train. Because yeah. you got an artist... Uh, in the city. Yeah, he's in the city. He's uh, trying to uh, capture the feel of a city that he clearly isn't that connected to. And also... For his work to be bought up by rich gallery-owning right? people. And then he starts uh, following a particular shadowy figure, only to become that shadowy figure himself. 
which movie are we talking about right now? <laughs> right. This is Midnight Meat Train. But I'm cool <laughs> with that. I'm, I'm not complaining. Them using another Barker uh, work to like integrate this and make it still feel like Clive Barker is great, considering Clive Barker wasn't actually a part of this. It would have been better, I yeah. feel like, if Clive Barker had been some part of it. But uh, I, I, I like the final product, so I'm not really complaining. It's a lot better than Midnight Meat Train, for sure. Right. A but whole back, lot better. Back to what you were saying about the effects. The the practical stuff and the gore stuff is great. I yeah. don't think not seeing everything is a negative. I think I when you've had so many movies where you see absolutely everything, learning to make it interesting and show it in an interesting, different way is gonna make it fun and like you don't just want to see the same thing over and over or now i know some horror fans do but luckily you have all the movies that came out in the 80s <laughs> like you can just still there, rewatch yeah. them or i mean if you've watched them all i i don't even know if that's possible that we constantly discover new slashers and things that's like totally. wait what's this <laughs> yeah but there is some like on-screen gore stuff that is pretty nasty, man. Yeah. Whenever he gets bit by that that bee and it just starts spreading oh, and infecting oh, and his skin oh, oh, I rotting. Wanted die. Oh, I wanted dude, to die. I wanted to die. That the fucking fingernail effect. coming off. Oh yeah, and the honeycomb oh. looking shit. Yuck. Oh god, oh. it's so nasty. It yeah. is like some you know necrotizing fasciitis looking shit. It's so gross. Yeah, it's the body horror element is is great. Like I I very much enjoy that because the first one has that. Like when uh you know Helen gets like burnt up and her she's oh, like yeah, that's right. burn as shit and like saving the baby and like whatnot. Like I I think like yeah the that that man that transition of skin to just honeycomb like rotting flesh was. Man, it was grossing me out so much. It's so good. Sawing that hand off too is nasty as hell. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, that's my awesome. God. Yeah, Ugh. dude. And, and too, you get those incredible shadow puppet sequences. Yeah, that I love mm. so much. What a cool way yeah. to tell the story and give the backstory of this, rather than just doing typical flashbacks. Like doing these little shadow puppet stories really builds up the fact that this is lore. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoy those. I I like that aesthetic a lot. I yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think overall, just in general, regarding the entire aesthetic of this movie, like it it just nails it for me. Yeah. Like it, it it feels like you know, so many movies now will be just dark. You know, hard hard to see. This movie yeah. is always in perfect lighting even though it still does stuff with darkness like that's true you can always see what the fuck is going on in this right yes like i i just i can't i can't compliment enough films these days that are able to actually use good lighting because <laughs> like right so oh, many man. of them just don't do it and this what a movie, shame that that is now like a high bar like congratulations right. i could see what you shot right 
fuck, man. I could understand the audio that you recorded for the dialogue, and I didn't need (laughs) subtitles. Way to go. Oh, the the, uh, music and the effects weren't just overpowering the audio to the point that I couldn't understand it at all. Yeah. For real, dude. Yeah. For real. What a stupid thing for that to be exceptional. Yeah. But yes, this was exceptional in that regard. There's imagery in this. Uh-huh. that is so memorable man like whenever you see yeah sherman come out of that wall just creeping oh, out of yeah. that wall in the laundromat it is yeah. unnerving dude and then i love too that the tension in that scene where you have this guy creeping out of the wall with this hook hand and the candy for the kid right. and the kid is terrified but then whenever they hear the police it immediately gets scared. reversed yeah because like yeah. the monster gets scared because he heard the police but he's Oof. not a monster right the, he's not that's the thing is that like yeah like poor you know william is is told by them that this man is a monster so he's afraid yeah but in fact sherman is just a sweet man who gives candy to kids and he's being for our, you know, basically the the martyr for this uh, child who had a razor blade put in their candy, which you know this is one of those classic uh, horror movie tropes, and it was in the 1992 one. There is a piece of candy with a razor blade in it, but oh yeah, that's right. Just like the the actual real life situation where something did happen to someone's Halloween candy, it was the father that did it. And in this case, we don't know who did it because the police just killed Sherman and then a bunch of other cases occurred. Yeah. Because they weren't trying to solve it. They don't care about solving it. They just have to find a scapegoat in a black person. Dude. I feel like this movie's care for its aesthetic, for being so visually incredible in this story about um, tragedy that is so typical of the black experience in America... I feel like that also mirrors, you know, what um, what Anthony is going through, where he is making art out of the into a product out of black tragedy in a lot of ways. Right. I feel like this movie is also kind of doing the same thing. It is making something beautiful out of ugliness of the past. Right. Yeah. It is, and and certainly like it. It feels like it's addressing the issue, um, and, and I can certainly see someone looking at it and saying, "Well, it's not perfect. It doesn't address everything. It doesn't go into of course. Every yeah, it's detail. ninety minutes long. Yeah. Come on, yeah. you can't say everything, right? And it's also uh, it's a horror movie about you know uh, Candyman. So like, yeah, come on. There's those elements have to be there too. This just tries to focus very specifically, I think on uh every individual black person having the black experience like that that it it is unavoidable and that it it transcends all like dividing lines in society and that because of that there is this haunting specter of being murdered by the white supremacist state uh and that that specter unfortunately is constantly refreshed and and can never leave our our collective consciousness Mm. and man i i don't know like i can't think of 
many movies that are able to very adeptly get into that conversation while also being a gory slasher. Yeah, totally. Also grossing me out with effects and body horror and also having compelling, interesting characters that are very discernible from one another and very like fun when they're on screen. For real. Like, it, it does a lot, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. So, like, uh, yeah, I, I can see if somebody has criticisms for it not speaking to the whole black experience or whatever, you know, that's obviously uh, it's, uh, some critics who've said that are people who've had the black experience themselves. And that says to me, like, well, you know, obviously everyone's going to look at this differently and everyone's going to want something different out of it. Sure. Um, I, and it it maybe isn't perfect in that way, but I think it it does a real good job at what it's aiming to do. Yeah. I mean, that's impossible to sum everything up in one 90 minute long movie. Um, Sure. It's just not possible. But speaking of, Speaking of critiques, if you go on the IMDb and start reading some reviews of this, oh, no. boy, I'll tell you what, a lot of butthurt white people in here. I don't <laughs> like this movie because they killed a white person in it. Yeah, they killed a lot of white people. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, that you is an poor element. baby, yeah. a fictional, mm-hmm. not real white person endured a simulated death at the hands uh, of a black person in this movie it's okay you when it's like thing. uh uh undead white person like jason Voorhees or yeah a, a white dream demon but sure <laughs> now that it's it is uh a, a black urban myth it's bad seems uh, personal I, now yeah. oh you poor but baby yes, they do i i believe only kill white people in this movie which i found hilarious i, I mean I'm william's like, sister gets killed Oh, okay. Okay. William's sister. All right. So it's not 100%. Not 100%. But no. like in in certain, you know, the like the, the um it's not until the end that Brianna actually will say it. She's not interested in saying it. Neither is uh the brother. Um the only people we see like rushing to say it are white people there's that situation with the teenage girls where there yeah. is an asian girl there but as soon as the window slams she runs out yeah she uh, does she's like i'm out of here yeah and there's kind of this premise to the movie that like well i mean you know uh your average black person would know better than to to fool with that well that's like one of those slam cuts where i think it's brianna saying like who in their right mind would do this right and then exactly white school girl <laughs> exactly yeah that that's kind of like one of the premise premises of the movie is is that that like uh and especially like you know one of the things we learn in this is that the people of cabrini green had agreed to never talk about it and yeah. in fact did not the only person who does end up talking about it is talking about it for his own ends and that's william yeah. Like he's the True. one person out there talking about it and he's doing it to, uh, you know, d- continue his l- insane plan of creating more candy men. Like, uh, but he, he's the only person who will talk about it. There is, there is, um, this unspoken idea among this community 
that you just don't talk about it. Like when, when Anthony is talking to his mom, um, who is Vanessa Williams, who was in the original and he starts, he says the name she says, she like shushes him. Like, like there's this whole idea of just like, don't even talk about it. Talking about it can summon it. Yeah. keeps it real. Makes it powerful. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. That is an interesting element to this that I, I very much like, I, I want to understand more like yeah. what that's getting at that maybe this, this idea of like, you know, ever summoning these memories just increases the likelihood of it happening again in some way. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's unavoidable as well. Like you can't, ignore it even even when you're not talking about it it's because you're intentionally not talking about it you're forcing (laughs) (laughs) yourself to not talk about acknowledging it it in a way still acknowledging it it in a way yeah Uh uh-huh yeah it's just like a a stain in some clothes as william says right and yeah william is definitely super hung up on it and that is kind of his whole existence is this Candyman lore and i will say honestly Dude playing him is one of my only complaints about the movie. I feel like really? he is Yeah, I feel like he's overacting way harder than oh, anybody else great. in the movie. See, I okay, I'm glad that you did. Like to me whenever I watched it, I was like, man, he's really kind of putting on this sort of overdramatic uh character for this movie that I I thought seemed out of place cuz everybody else is so grounded in reality. I well, thought he I seemed think, a bit over the top. I think he's playing um anthony like he's using this dramatic persona to play anthony but then okay in in his final like reveries he's he is like getting to be his fully uh out of his mind insane self Mm -hmm. and that self is this man he pretends to be like he he isn't pretending. He is. He is this overdramatic uh person. But knowing his past, you know, knowing that he like he he saw what he saw and experienced what he experienced, like it it wouldn't surprise me for him to be uh that type of person. He's to, a bit cracked is what you're saying. Yeah. Like That's but fair. also it also just uh, shows the strength of Brianna, right? Like that she's experienced also these terrible things, but mm-hmm. she doesn't give in to that. She is still capable of being a person in reality. Like she, she's not going to allow the things that happen to her to find who she is. Mm-hmm. Whereas he yeah. does. He yeah. very much does. Right. Yeah. I feel like everybody else knocks it out of the park, man. Anthony's performance. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, Abdul-Mateen is Dude, great. he's so good. He's he also is. jacked as fuck. And I love yes, that somebody addressed is. it. One of the one of the characters early in the movie is like, put down the weights and pick up the paintbrush. It's like, right, yeah, yeah, he's uh-huh. fucking huge, dude. <laughs> he is. He is. Jeez. Uh, if You know, you, you should see the, the Watchmen uh, HBO series. Oh, back that? in the day, but he was he was uh, Doctor Manhattan in that. And no yeah. shit. Oh damn! I bet he kills that. Yeah, because he's gigantic. <laughs> yes, he is and a great actor. <laughs> yeah, and a great actor. Yeah, 
Wow. Uh, Cast yeah. is great, man. Uh, uh, Tiana Paris, I love her. Absolutely amazing. She's great. Uh, yeah. I yeah, and then of course uh, we have Vanessa Williams returning as uh, his mother, which is awesome. Like she she kills it. I yeah, I think overall, like I just don't have a lot of complaints about the film. But, no, I, I don't either. You know, not, not many. I not feel many. like, and here's a rare complaint for for our show. Uh-huh. Um, it is pretty rare for me to say about a lot of horror movies that. This could have been longer. I feel like yeah. most of the time when we talk about movies and their length and their pacing, you and I are pretty unanimous in being like, yeah, this this needed to be an hour and 30, 40, not a two-hour movie. Like That's usually what we say about stuff. Most horror right. movies could use some whittling down. Yeah, This could have used some unwhittling. I wish yeah. they would have given me the whole log, honestly. Yeah. Especially the third act. <laughs> The third act comes up fast. It does. It, it's it's a real quick pace there near the end, and it could have slowed down just a little bit. Because uh, it's like suddenly Brianna's knocked out. She's in the church. Yeah. She's like, whoa, now we get the whole kind of villain reveal. Right. It happens fast. Even it does. Anthony's like change, uh-huh. I feel like could have it's, been it's more gradual. Bit, yeah, it's a little bit fast. I think five to ten more minutes there near the end just could could have made it feel more natural Agreed. but it's also not a big complaint it, it comes on fast but a movie that's 90 minutes it's like well that's pretty awesome like i love that in this era of like you know over two hour movies oh my god man for real dude i would honestly you know even though i am complaining about it i would rather have a movie be a little a little too little yeah than mm-hmm. a lot too much yeah, me too. And, and yeah, I, I think, yeah, if, if this had been an hour 40, though, I wouldn't be complaining. No. Hour 40 is not too long either. So No, not when it's done this yeah. well and the characters right. are that good and the visuals are that good. I would have stuck around gladly for more of this. Absolutely, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, that that is a valid complaint, that it, it does just kind of zoom there in that third act when it, it does could, a little it could bit. have slowed down just a little bit. I got no complaints about the soundtrack. The soundtrack is fucking Great. awesome. Yeah. We, you know, we go from uh, Philip Glass, uh, who kills it in the 1992 soundtrack. Oh, yeah. uh, and this one, I, you know, I was kind of blown away by some of the things that happen with this. Uh, it, it, the, the person who did this uh, uh, musician name is Likens, Robert Ike, Aubrey Lowe. Um, the I was just blown away by some of the stuff that it was doing with sound throughout. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. simple and and elegant, but mm-hmm. complicated at the same yeah, time. Some really is. cool tones and textures that never really, um, really gets in the way of what's no. going on. It, it does what a good soundtrack does, which is supplement what you're looking at without right. overly telling you how to feel about it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it, it's it's awesome. There, that's man it's it's hard to like um you know find a lot to complain about honestly i, I think much. you know there's a little bit of cgi of course but it's like pretty not, good to me yeah it's not poorly well, okay done. here's the thing too 
especially in the day and age when we're losing the honeybees left and right. I'm glad right. they didn't cover that feller's head in bees. I'm glad That's they used true. CG for that. CG, yeah, CG is probably the better way to go. Than- sure. <laughs> for the actor's sake and the bees' sake. Right. You know? And yeah. I love, dude, I love the way he just kind of like glided right above the yes. ground. He didn't fly like Superman. Right. He just floated. That was yeah. eerie. Yeah, and you got the DH Tony Todd, which it was fine is to me. a finer bill. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I I really don't have much to complain about with that either. I, I don't know. Just hard to it's find enjoyable. complaints. Yeah, I know. Man. Good movie, and it, and it is it is deep, and it is a dark story about the experience of of racism in America and how it's right. just sewn into the fabric of our history. And there's right. no denying that. But at the same time, it's not it's not one of those movies that I watch and I'm just like, oh my God, like I feel like I've just run a marathon. I feel like I need to no, it's, watch yeah, a Disney movie and take a bath. Like still it's not an entertaining like an horror film. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it is one that you could just put on and watch and it's cool. Yeah. And you can think about it later on and be like, Man, that was saying some really, really cool stuff. But it's yeah. not I don't know. It's not cumbersome to watch. It's not one of those ones like, even like something like Hereditary, dude. I got to psych myself oh, up yeah. if I'm going to watch that. I got to yeah. psych myself up. This isn't really like that, although it's dealing with um, realer stuff <laughs> than what Hereditary Absolutely. is Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, yeah, there, there is not, as far as I understand, a Candyman. I don't <laughs> think so. It's true. Yeah, Far but I'm not gonna say his name five times in the mirror to find out. No. So no, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, really, really good flick. I enjoyed it a lot. Definitely in, in the top three of the you know pick up where the franchise left off movies. If you ask me, I mean, it's, it's this. It's Halloween 2018. It's uh, uh mainly those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as requels, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mainly those two. I don't think okay. anything else has gotten this high up now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And uh I'm I'm glad we got to talk about it. I yeah. think I'm ready to slap a number on it. How about you? Give me that number. Well, as we, as we said, I I really don't have much to complain about. Uh you know, do wish it had been just a tiny bit longer just to transition more smoothly into that third act um but gosh that's just a nitpicky kind of complaint uh it's it's a good film it does of course uh remind of of a lot of negative things uh which i really shouldn't be far from our thoughts anyway yeah. Uh it it sucks to have to think of them, but it probably sucks worse to have to live that experience. So That's right. It definitely sucks worse to have to live that experience. Yeah. No, no probably. <laughs> it's not <about> a probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, I, I I don't really have much to complain about. And uh, uh it, you know, I was on a, a tear there where I was just dropping out high high scores and I, I maybe haven't in a little bit. I, I don't know, but I'm giving this a nine and a half. Dying think things pretty near perfect. High praise, man. High praise. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm not far from you there. This is a really enjoyable flick. I love those reversals. I love the way this builds on the lore. I, I love the way even that when this movie starts that the white lady that came to the projects is now a ghost story. Right. You know, yeah, she like is, that, she is a candy man. Yeah. 
that's yeah, like man. part of their the 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 hive mind that's interesting yeah. yeah but like in the original one in the 90s this story about tony todd's character that was so far back that it just seemed like a ghost story and now this story yeah. about this white woman that came here in the 90s and lost her mind that's now a ghost story 30 right. years later like that yeah. that's so cool to see the progression of time mm-hmm. and uh lore that goes yeah, on there absolutely beautiful great soundtrack great performances yep. i do wish it would have been longer and i do think william was a little over the top still but i can see what uh-huh. you mean as far as him being kind of cracked and playing into it right. a little bit but i don't know there, there was moments in certain lines where i was like mm, that's a little bit heavy um i think for me this one is probably sitting at about like an eight and a half all right. Really, really fucking good movie. Brad. Very much enjoyed it, man. Again, yeah, Jordan Peele, man, he doesn't strike out. He does not. Yeah, listen. Yeah, I. I mean, if we look at all of his screenplays, I, I don't know if you've seen Keanu. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was not amazing, but okay, it's, it's fair. still fun. <laughs> still fun. It is. Yeah. It is. It's true. And of course, I'm not just giving him the credit for all of this. No, neither Costa fucking oh, killed God, this. Yeah. Man amazing but yeah great flick looking forward to hearing what you guys think about this one over on our facebook group instagram page all of our social media outlets which you guys can find using our link tree page which is where you can also find our patreon page if you want to give us dollar papers and get Mm -hmm. your episode featured next which hey it very well could happen that's right patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely head on over there become a patron on any level get access to our patreon exclusive episodes i swear that uh critters hell rankers will be up uh, very soon Woo. uh and then if you become a patron on a five dollar level you get to submit a movie to the smoking bowl then we draw from the smoking bowl and we cover the movie that we drew from the smoking bowl and we're gonna do that next week that's right. We're going to do it next week. We're going to draw one out of there, and we're going to do an episode on it based on your all's suggestions. But. But. Curveball. Hey. It's going to be coming out a little late next week. I got a whole lot of things uh, going on, and I'm just going to be a few days late getting back here to the studio to yeah. record that episode. So be patient with us. It's a coming. Oh, yeah, no, it's it coming. should be out uh, Friday of next week. So let's call it February 30th. How about Get it? It's, two, it's two not, leap days this year. It's not a leap year. It's a double jump year. <laughs> double jump year. Yeah. Everybody so. knows the best platformers are the ones that gave you a double jump, Absolutely. right? Like single jump, yeah. never enough. Double never jump, never enough. You gotta have a double yeah. jump, one hundred percent. So we're giving you a dead and lovely double jump next time. So we'll be a little late, but stick around for us. Uh, don't leave them socks and shoes on too long. Now we're coming That's for right. you. So yeah, stick around. We'll cover a Patreon pick there next time, and I will be Uncle Ben, and I will be Hollywood Steve, and we'll be dead and lovely. All right, now this year is a horror movie podcast, of course. Our listeners are in this to be skeered, right? They're in right. here to get skeered. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> right, yeah. They listen to our podcast yes. for ch- thrills and chills. Exactly, right, exactly. <laughs> Which is why I'm here today to tell you guys a story that chilled me to the bone Ooh, just the other day. I was plumb a feared whenever Ooh. this happened to me. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's hear it. I got to warn you. It is grisly, graphic, and gross. Oh, no. That's the three Gs. That's them three Gs they warn you about. <laughs> oh, no. 
What's uh-huh. the other two G's that uh, Bill Bill Gates is pumping uh, into? G- Gates is one of them. Gates is the fourth G. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, of course, the OG, uh, Snoop Dogg. Oh, Grimace. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's one of, one of those two. <laughs> well, anyway, so get ready, because this is pretty scary, all right? Okay. Now, the other day, I was just leaving my therapy session. Uh-huh. And then I had to go grocery shopping. Okay. I went to the grocery store. Uh-huh. And I got there, and I said to myself, you know what? I think all that therapizing and scared the pee out of me. I got to go take a tinkle before okay. I go do this grocery shopping. So all I made right. a beeline to the bathroom there, and uh, there was a feller at the urinal, so I took it to the stall. Now, here's where things get scary. Okay. Ain't nobody out there likes going into a restroom of any kind and finding somebody else poo in the toilet. Ain't nobody likes to see that. No, no, that's no fun. That's unwelcome. No one wants that ever. Right. Right? No, I agree. I think we all agree. But that is exactly what I found. And initially, I was annoyed, and then I got chilled to my core because not only was this some unknown poo in the toilet that I was looking at. (laughs) Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Ain't a scrap of toilet paper in there neither. Oh, no. Not a one. Oh, no. That means Uh whenever I got back out there and was doing my shopping, dude, I knew there was a dirty butt among us. There was a just filthy asshole. Now, you're assuming, you're assuming, and I'm assuming. Now, what if this was just one of those times where it's one of those people that gets enough fiber that their poops just don't even touch the sides? They just know. Nothing but net. They just know when they yeah. got the clean getaway. They're that confident. Yeah. By sensation alone, they're like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It's a I talent mean, in that of case, I, I really, I hate the arrogance of that, frankly. Honestly, yeah, that's right. At least give it a courtesy wipe just to show you know, us all you're human. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're going to be leaving it behind for somebody else to find. Like, right. They're obviously proud of it. Oof. They wanted you to know that they were that confident. They were just showing off. Uh-huh. They were just showing off. But, dude, I was walking around the dang old grocery store, and it's like every person I made eye contact with, it was like, was it you? Is it you? My cashier? Is it you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was fucking scary, man. It chilled me to my core. Now, did you consider this, and this might take some of the fear out of you, Please what help. if the shit came from a ghost? Wow. Yeah. So the ghost, wow. you know, it didn't need to wipe its ass because it's a spectral entity. It could be that. Also, yeah. you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, there was one feller walking around the grocery store what had a, a Super Sucker XP100 just toting it around. You think he was using that as a portable B-Day? You think that's what he was up to? <laughs> <laughs> he just, just sh- shoots himself in the butthole. First of all, yes, I think that. I think that might have yeah, been it. I, I found think that him. is exactly found what him. it was. Second of all, we should just look it up because he probably put it on TikTok. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super soaking my bee hole. One Super million views. Soaking my, <laughs> my bee hole. <laughs> I think that's the next Cardi B song, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, sounds awesome. <laughs> It'll be great. 
<laughs> scary shit out there, folks. For real. All right. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> he scared me. <laughs> I was frozen in fear. I was like, who could yeah. it be, dude? It's it's somebody here right now. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. This is a dirty bad. butthole out there. <laughs> somebody was. Except for old super soaker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 